Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Child of the Library podcast, where we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas time, because even though it's the middle of December when we are recording this, you will hear this episode probably shortly after Christmas, right around when I hit my second podcast birthday, anniversary, so to say. And I really hope that the last few weeks had a sense of calm for you, that you could relax over the winter days and that hopefully between Christmas and New Year's you don't have to work too much so that you can relax a little bit and reflect on the past year. And like I said, I already have my second year of podcasting behind me. It was a very, very cool experience for me. I got to meet so many lovely people and as is by now a little tradition on my podcast, I have a guest with me for my anniversary episode and I'm super happy because I have not recorded with her for quite some time. We have always been in contact and we've read a couple of books over the past months, but we haven't recorded. So I'm very, very happy to have Jordan from the Books to Last podcast on again. Woohoo! Woohoo! Hello! Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it has been an age since we recorded. I think it might have been for your last anniversary, yeah. your one year anniversary <laughs> podcast. So yeah, almost, almost a tradition now. Very exciting. And uh, good to be speaking to you at this, well, festive time of the year, even though we are going to be airing after it. But yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Very excited for what we've got planned. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that you're on here too. And quite a lot has changed since our last collaboration. You've had your son Douglas. You have your first book panel relatively recently. But as I understand, this episode on the book panel will also go up sometime around Christmas. So everyone who's listening to this can stay very tuned for that. If the episode comes out before this one, I will also make sure to link it in the show notes so that you can hear the latest of Jordan if you want to. So Jordan, how has your reading been going? As it usually happens with these collaborations, it's not like we go on and then we hit record right away. It's usually that we talk a little bit before and you already told me, but I'm very sure that also the listeners would like to know how your reading year has been going and what is still to be expected? Well, um, I have hit my reading goal, which I mean, as I said to you before, like really there's nothing left for me to do this year. It doesn't matter about all the other goals <laughs> I set because the most important one is done. I did sort of do quite a, well, I set myself quite a low reading goal this year because like you say, I had my first child this year and I kind of was not sure whether reading would be able to take up as much of my life because obviously kids take up a lot of time. But I actually learned that a child being asleep on top of you and you literally being unable to move is a really good motivator to reading because <laughs> if there's nothing nearby like a TV remote or anything like that and all you've got to reach is a book, you get a lot of reading done in those sort of hours of napping so I have read so far 52 books this year which I'm quite proud of because I thought I would be lucky if I managed one at one point at the beginning of the year when I hadn't read for four or five months like at all I was like I'm just I'm not going to read ever again it's never never again <laughs> but yeah it picked up and It's mostly been classics this year and sci-fi, which you have been a large uh, reason why sci-fi has taken up a big part of my reading through our buddy read of the Skyward series, which has been sort of continued into this year, but we started it in 2021. So yeah, but a lot of classics this year because my plan was to tackle the 
backlog and if I finish the book I started today before the end of the year Catch 22 by Joseph Heller I will be up to date with my TBR up to 2015 wow (laughs) crazy (laughs) so I will have read all of the books I I added to my TBR up until 2015 and then I can work on the 2016 books (laughs) starting next year so we're only um, we're only six years behind it's fine I'm, to be honest, I'm very impressed by the level of statistic depth that you have on your book date. <laughs> that is because I've been on Goodreads since I was 13 years old. And I love to, I think I love documenting data about things more than I like actually doing them. So I am painstaking about how much information I put into Goodreads. There was a time that every book I owned was catalogued on Goodreads, but they've taken the function away now. So I I could have exported a full library of just my own books that I own from Goodreads at one point in time. But yes, I've been adding to it since gosh, like 2012, uh, 2013. And because of that, I've got a fairly good picture of that. I mean, my TBR on Goodreads is only books that I own because I figured the only way I was ever going to actually get my physical TBR down is if I actually made that my TBR instead of books that I didn't already own. So yes, I've got 200 something books on my TBR, but about 400 on my wish list. So um, yes, good not getting. I, I, it's an illusion of control. It's not. It's not real control. <laughs> Speaking of wish list, I think this is the perfect segue into the topic that we're actually going to cover today. Because what we are going to do is a book cover showdown. You know, sometimes it happens that you hear someone talk about a book and they are super passionate, and you're like, oh yeah. They really got me. I definitely want to read that book. Or you read a synopsis or you read a review and you're like, oh, that sounds awesome. That's exactly my vibe. Or I really like that author. I really love their writing style. I definitely want to read that. But if we are being very honest, it also very often happens that we think like, hey, that's a cool cover that will look lovely on my shelf. Then you get it anyway. And if the content is even nice, you're like super surprised and you're like, yes. The purchase was worth it. So what we're going to do today is that I prepared a little presentation that I have put into a link that I already shared with Jordan. She has not taken a look at the covers yet, which is very important. That was the only homework that I gave her. Please check whether the link works, but don't look at the presentation in itself. And I will also put the link in the show notes for you listeners, because I think it's super fun if you actually follow along with the book covers while we are talking about them. And a book cover showdown usually what you see quite often is that you compare the uk and the us cover for example or that you compare your native language cover with for example an english cover and we will definitely do a mix of that but for me it was also super important to always incorporate a country that you would maybe not really think about when it comes to the cover so we have some spanish speaking books in here we have french we have thailand taiwan Japan, everything. We have got a very cool mix because I really, really wanted to put together a mix of books that really celebrates how different illustrators from around the world adapt the story to like their 
home country. And it's so fun to see what little elements from this story they focus on to create the covers. It's very, very fun. The covers are really sometimes not comparable. So I'm very, very excited to hear what your dance thoughts are on what cover is probably the prettiest for everyone. <laughs> But usually when it comes to those like challenge type of things, you know, you count points and then in the end, one country is winning. But, you know, we are like a country to country friendship who met through podcasting. And I didn't want to put, you know, like <laughs> international strain on our <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, international strain is out the window because both of us lost the World Cup this year. Yeah, okay. So it's... <laughs> It's all good. And we didn't lose to each other, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's good. We can still look into each other's eyes while podcast. <laughs> Indeed. There's no there's no stra I could not care less about football, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited about this showdown. I've never done one before, but I suppose I do it when I'm buying books because I'm constantly sort of, if I see the English version of a book and I, I've seen a better cover somewhere, I will pay very silly shipping fees so that I don't have to have the British version <laughs> and I can have the, the version from the country that I want it from. I totally understand that. Before we actually start into the challenge, I want to tell a little story. For everyone who is listening, you probably know English is not my mother tongue. I'm from Germany. So we learned English as first foreign language. And usually when you do that, at the end, like when you're in high school, your English level is at an okay height so that you can read books together in class and stuff. And I remember that I had this very weird encounter with the English language and English books for the first time in high school because we had to read State of Fear by Michael Crichton. And usually in Germany, there's just one German version of the book, unless it's a classic and, you know, the rights have gone into public domain and there are a couple of different publishers who publish the book. But usually an author has like an exclusive contract with the publisher for a certain amount of time. And then there's just one type of book from their story. But of course, when you have the UK and the US versions of covers, you have the same story, but you have a different cover. You have maybe a few different words, like for example, with the Sorcerer's Stone and the Philosopher's Stone for the Harry Potter series. They're and the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never said that. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I feel another tangent coming on. So we're quick. No, it's not. I just feel like and it just it's important to acknowledge that a sorcerer and a philosopher are not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely. a false equivalent <laughs> it's a mystery that we will never solve <laughs> I'm in sorry. Germany, there's just one version <laughs> i'm so sorry i interrupted you but yes different words <laughs> it's fine so uh, what i wanted to say of course there are like different versions of the book right because it's two different countries but when you are in high school and you know like back in the day where we didn't know about book depository and when Amazon was also not that big, you just went to your local bookshop and you're like, 
hey, I want an English copy of Michael Crichton's State of Fear. Can you deliver that until, I don't know, tomorrow? They're like, yeah, sure, it will be in here. Just come and grab it. So after the holidays, when we started to read it, we realized that we actually had different copies. So my friend had the UK copy and I had the US copy. But we didn't really, you know, we didn't think about like actually looking into the book and seeing in what country it was published. But we just noticed that we had very different covers. <laughs> so this was really the first time where I at least, you know, like at the back of my head encountered that apparently with the English language, there's more to it than what you usually experience when you have a German speaking book. But of course, then years later, when I started to get more into the book community, also online, I realized and, and I looked back, I completely had forgotten that memory and then suddenly it came back to me and I was like, that was probably the first time when I realized that there's something there. So this is what we're going to do today. We are going to have over to the presentation and I highly implore everyone who is listening to this to do so too. And then we will take a look at the first covers and see which one we like best. And that will be for Skyward by Brandon Sanderson. Of course, I had to start with this one because that is the series and the first book that Jordan and I bunny read together. So we have on the left the UK version, which is the one that we both have and both read from. Then we have the US one and also the German one because I... You will see throughout the slides that Germany has a very unique way of making covers. I don't know how to explain it. I think, you know, as someone living in Germany and really seeing the difference to an English-speaking cover, I think if you give them to me without text, I could pick out the German one. For I, I don't know, maybe it's because, you know, I see them around here quite a lot, but they give off a certain vibe. <laughs> So yes, on the left we have the UK cover, which is classic black and white illustration with like the lovely gold yellow highlights. I really, really love the border design. I love that they kept the same style throughout the entire series and that just the amount of black and white is like a little bit changing. And then for Cytonic, which is the third book, there's also a little bit of red coming in. But I really, really love that design for Skyward in the US version. I have to admit, I never really got too warm with it, to be honest. Maybe it's because you very clearly see the person <laughs> in the illustration. <laughs> Because for the Skyward UK one, it's very nice because it's just like a tiny figure and you see so much more from the actual space. And for Skyward US, you have got that very, very focus on the face. And then for Skyward Germany, you have the exact same, just with a little bit of more bluish and not so much purplish touch. But you also have a focus on the face and really those, those eyes that are very in focus who stare at you. So yeah, I definitely have my favorite and I would love to hear Jordan's thoughts and I saw because the thing is we are of course recording this podcast but we are also having visuals we are also seeing us through video so I could see her actually rolling back in her chair towards her bookshelf and picking out the copy of Skyward that we do have. Well, yes, because I felt like I wanted to see it in person because as much as your because this is uh, obviously an excellent slideshow, what you can't see in the pictures, because I could wasn't sure if it was the case, is obviously on the British cover, wherever you see yellow, it's um, sort of shiny. Foiling. Yeah. Foiling. It's for, you see, you English as a second language still knows the words better than I do. Um, <laughs> it's got the gold foiling. Um, and so it's funny, you mentioned about how 
you could pick out all the German, like in a stand, you think you'd be able to pick out the German edition. And I think it's funny because I do think there is definitely like trends. And the reason why obviously the publishers do different covers for different books is to appeal to that local audience, isn't it? So, and I find it interesting to see what the audience, I suppose, what that particular country finds um, the most appealing in terms of buying books. And the reason I bring it up is because this US cover of Skyward which I actually I don't dislike I actually kind of like that you can see what Spencer looks like because I had a really hard time picturing Spencer as a character so when I saw this this is who I picture as Spencer now because I found it really hard to to come up with a, a face for her which because obviously the English cover does not give you it I actually bought this particular edition after you bought me my edition of Cytonic because your edition of Cytonic was the trade paperback that you gave me and I loved it so much that I wanted my other two to match it. So I got rid of my existing two and I found Skyward and Starsight to match them. But yes, this American cover, it kind of does, but it kind of doesn't fit in with it. I recently went to America, as you know, for a week over Thanksgiving. And I went into, obviously, Half Price Books and Barnes and Noble and a bunch of other <laughs> different bookstores while I was over there. And I remember being really surprised by the American style of covers for a lot of different kind of books because I think if you saw them in isolation it doesn't stand out as much but they to me seem almost kind of retro like it's got I'm really trying not to use the word old-fashioned but like it's just traditional very traditional sort of formats of like book covers and I found it really odd like kind of how I would imagine western novels or or like the like the like the fantasy books in particular have like a really distinctive style and they all seem to use the same font um and I remember just being really blown because that's just not what a British bookstore store looks like at all. So I found that really strange. I also think it's funny with this German cover. I've never seen this German cover for Skyward. Um, Why would you? <laughs> it, it, it does look absolutely nothing like Spencer. I mean, even though I struggle to picture it, that, that's not necessarily what she... I don't think that's how she's described. But I kind of... It makes sense almost as a German cover because I think I've said to you recently because I've tried to re-pick up like to pick back up the German language to learn again because I started learning in high school and then haven't touched it since and I've wanted to try and attempt to learn it again and I find German a very literal language in translation because when you break down longer words the individual components in English don't necessarily add up but they more or less come together to mean what it means like it's very uh, I can't think of a better way to describe it but in that way this is a book about space this book cover is very yeah. obviously a book about space <laughs> and it's just kind of like space book yes space <laughs> picture of sky in space <laughs> And very important, we always need a sticker with like <laughs> Spiegel best-selling author. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, don't get me wrong, Waterstones love putting stickers in the most <sighs> I mean that not to call Waterstones out, but I have had many a falling out with with stickers on the fronts of my books that leave sticky residue that you can't <laughs> get off and it ruins the front cover of a very pretty book. So yeah. I, this is probably one of the rare occasions where I actually think the UK cover may be my favourite. And 
because I think you always want what you don't have. So often I'm very critical of the UK cover um, in favour of other ones. But in this case, I, I do really like the British one because like you say, um, the framing, I've said to you during our discussions on the books, it's a, definitely a sci-fi book, but it uses very classical fantasy elements which is brandon sanderson's wheelhouse isn't it so it makes sense that he would marry those two but i like how they've got the very sci-fi cover with the very sort of classic fantasy font even and frame i think i think it it definitely sums the book up really well but i don't mind the illustration on the american one that was actually a very good summary of the three covers. What I actually also want to point out, which is something that I especially realized when it comes to German translations from like a foreign language, is that what they do when quite a lot when we have series is that they take the word from the series, like for example, Skyward and for um, The Hunger Games, which we will, well, spoiler, come to later, the actual title of the series will be Skyward or in German like the tributes of Panem but then the like subtitle is like the actual title so Skyward in this case is not like the title of the yeah. book it's Skyward as a series so also the next two books have Skyward on it and then the subtitle which is like the call of the stars is is to identify the first book and then the next one has like a different subtitle but it's still called the Skyward so it's yeah <laughs> sometimes a little bit confusing. We do that quite often in uh, German. And yeah, if you try to find in the English equivalent, then it's, yeah, it's a struggle sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I was looking at the um, sort of subtitle and trying to see if I could figure out what it was. I knew Stern was stars. I, I think that's quite common, isn't it? Because there are some, especially in fantasy genres, where the title, a lot of the time it's a made up word, so it doesn't <laughs> translate into a language. So they have to almost come up with a, a name that makes sense for the series in translation so yeah I, I th that is interesting though i imagine that's difficult when you've got to try and find the the equivalents abroad if you want to yeah if you want if you want an english cover definitely and one book that we don't have in here but that i'm currently reading with a friend called babel by rf kuang it's a lovely lovely book it's really like heartbreaking at times but it really prompts you to think about language and translation and culture and all of those things and it really made me think of what an incredible job translators are doing and how very you know not trivial it is to translate something because you know do you do it very literally and just translate word by word do you you know put your own style in it do you try to mimic the style of the author do you try to adapt it to the audience that is your language speakers or do you try to keep it as close as possible to the original culture so there are all of those questions so a big shout out to everyone who's trying to translate anything or who is even doing that for a job great respect going out to you and we are going to head on to the next three covers which are on 1984 by George Orwell so we have the German one which is so this is a classic so I know that there are numerous variations of that book but I just picked a few that are very very different we have a German one which has of course like the classic eye but it's I think it really looks very sci-fi and it is green which I think green is not really a color usually associated with George Orwell that much it's 
mostly read, if I remember it, from all of the other books that I have. Then we have the French version, which is an illustration that is more leaning on the gray dark bluish side and then we have the US version that I think last year came out those are the Macmillan like little pocket editions and they of course have the classic what is that color ah turquoise it's like, it a turquoise? Duck, it's like a duck egg blue ah yeah duck egg blue that sounds lovely <laughs> so you have the duck egg blue top with like gold foil lettering on it. And then at the bottom, you always have an illustration that corresponds to the book. And here we see like the classic, of course, I for 1984, but it is in red, which is usually a color that is very associated with George Orwell. So any thoughts? So the thing is, I have not made up my mind for all of them. You know, sometimes when, for some, when I put them together, I was like, yeah, you know, I feel it deeply already that this is my favorite, but then there are some like this one. <laughs> Where I'm really like undecided, so I'm very interested to hear what Jordan has to say on them. Yeah, I'm really interested to look at these all together because they're all very different from the cover that I associate with 1984, which is obviously the British cover that I've seen various ver like different versions of, but more or less the elements are very similar when mm -hmm. 1984 is republished in the UK. So these, I would say the German one is probably closest to what I associate with imagery i think just to do with proportions i think it's not very it's not a, it's not meant to be a realistic cover it's a very sort of illustrated cover and yeah i think that calls me although i have not seen a green one and i do i do really like that i do like that more or less that because 1984 is a year <laughs> um there's not needed to be much translation on the title of the book the French one is a bit creepy. It's interesting, but it's it's, it's a the, the they've definitely focused they've all focused on eyes, which is obviously a big theme of Big Brother is watching you for 1984. Actually, the first book I finished this year, 1984, was yeah. so helpfully as read by Stephen Fry in the audiobook version. It was very very interesting. It's it's really stuck with me in a way I wasn't expecting it to actually, and I have seen these US special edition i've seen this series of them the different color palettes are interesting and i kind of like how the french one does look like a wanted poster almost mm -hmm. which makes sense but for me i think i prefer the german version because yes. i think <laughs> i think not that it's a competition but i think <laughs> that illustration just is i think it illustrates what i associate with 1984 better i think that yeah that's that is that's an image that i would more associate with it whereas if you were to take the i think the us version i would definitely know if you took the title off of that and the mm. author i would probably still know what book that was meant to be i don't think i'd know from the french one if you took the name no, the author and the name really of it know. i don't think i would i would know but it is interesting. It's an interesting style of illustration, actually, um, which you don't see very often as well. So, yeah. To be honest, the French one, it reminded me a little bit like Dobby. <laughs> it does look like Dobby. <laughs> yeah, a bit. It has, like, the person looking at you has, like, those very, very big eyes and those very big ears. And the first <laughs> association that I had was Dobby. And I, I have never seen 
a cover style for 1984 illustrated in that way. Okay, this is definitely something different. I definitely want to have that in there. But I have to admit, and because last year when I was at the Frankfurt Book Fair, they actually just very, very newly had those George Orwell editions. So they have Animal Farm and 1984. This is unfortunately the lot of that poor man. You know, he has got that those two like very, very, very big books and they get like such cool covers and such cool versions. And then you want to collect all of his books in that version, but it's just non-existing because you just have those two. So those came out fairly new. And I remember seeing them at the book fair. So I also have a little bond with them just seeing them because I saw George Orwell so much on during that book fair it was crazy and what I really like is that of course you see the depiction of police state war state sort of that is illustrated on the cover but then at the same time you have the color of green which is usually associated with hope in some way which I found very interesting that, that is interesting because that's not what green's associated with in the UK <laughs> Really? Is it not? It's very nature. Like green is, yeah, nature and outdoorsiness or actually even illness. Like, so there's like two sort of flip sides. Like yellow is, is also illness, but we would more mm. say yellow is, is happy and maybe hopeful. Whereas I would associate either green with like grass and nature or with someone being sick or ill but yeah that is really interesting yeah it is interesting I, I i feel for george orwell with his two big classics because i mean i feel like alexander dumas get well alexander dumas gets the same treatment because he has the count of monte cristo and he has the three musketeers yeah and he wrote something ridiculous like 200 books and well 200 pieces of literature in his life and those are the only two that people talk about and remember and they're the only two you can ever get in the penguin classics version and then you have to troll the internet for versions of the rest <laughs> but i think that's so interesting and probably also like an example of how they adapt the cover to the audience of the country because I associate something totally different with green than you. So this is really, really fun. And maybe just one last word. I found it super interesting that those Macmillan special editions on the right for the US, that they did not use the number, that they wrote it out in letters. Yes, maybe to make it look more probably <laughs> fancy i don't know i always find it interesting i don't know if this is i mean spoiler for 1984 as a book i guess but i always find it really interesting that the eye is the thing that people associate but like room 101 or what we eventually find mm -hmm. in room 101 is never on the picture and I, maybe that is because they don't want to spoil it mm -hmm. but i there is a show on uk tv called room 101 that's hosted by a comedian and then celebrities come on and they name things that they want to put in room 101 because they don't like them and it's just a bit of a it's a comedy show but i never understood the reference until i read 1984 yeah they just i feel like it's not a prominent part of the way that the book is advertise so i always find it interesting that the eye is the main image and not i really don't want to say it just because i feel like it was it is it is probably a spoiler that is probably why they don't put it on the front of the cover because there's such a build-up to it i remember actually being kind of disappointed by the time we got to the end of it and there was such a build-up to what the main character fears so much and then we get to it and it's kind of like come on come on man get a grip <laughs> 
But yes, a very funny show though. So if you do ever want to watch a British comedians talking about things they don't like, I do recommend Room 101 with Frank Skinner. <laughs> we'll definitely check that out. So let's take that as the last word on the 1984 covers and head on to Haruki Murakami. So I definitely wanted to have something of his because first of all, he's like a very, very well-known Asian author that has been translated into numerous languages. But his books are also kind of weird. Sometimes they are like very obviously weird. Sometimes they are weird in a very subtle way. So I was specifically searching for a book that has a slightly weird array of covers. And the one that I chose is The Elephant Vanishes. So we have the Japanese version, which is relatively simple. Like it has an elephant on a blue and red background. And then of course the version of characters. Then we have the Elephant Verschwindet, which is the elephant vanishes in German. And don't get me started on this cover. To be honest, the German cover was the reason why I picked it because it's just so ridiculous. We have a farmer with Uh, how is it called? Pitchfork? Is it called yes. Pitchfork? Standing on the back of an elephant and the elephant has wings. There's a lot to uncover. <laughs> and then we have the US version, which is, you know, from the line of US Murakami covers that sort of have a rather colorful palette in not really showing too much what the book is about. Like it's just a mishmash of colors that in some shape or form should represent the book. And it is actually like I have all of my Murakami books and those versions and they are very easy for me to picture and then find on my rainbow bookshelf. But yeah, if you just look at the cover, it's not really telling you a lot about the book let me let me call it like that so there are, there are no elephants on the front of that book yeah <laughs> that's that's the main difference <laughs> compared to the rest of the covers so yeah Jordan, well i mean think? i suppose that's the point because the elephant vanishes so the fact that you can't see the elephant Ooh. on the front of the american cover is maybe the most accurate depiction mm. if you want to go down that road um, <laughs> that's very smart The German one is interesting. It, I will say it's an interesting choice to publish something that looks so poorly photoshopped because like it 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 is an interesting design choice. It feels like that must have been intentional, but it just yeah. reminds me of when I was at school and I'm sure many English school students can uh, relate to this, but they give you obviously you get the books and the textbook and and it always seemed like the the book book versions that they mass bought to distribute to classes mm -hmm. were usually the strangest and often most unattractive covers they could possibly find for that particular book i'm looking at any shakespeare edition ever handed out <laughs> in a classroom and it just very much like it looks to me like a book that would be handed out in a school because for whatever reason that was the cover that they managed to buy 30 of. <laughs> And then the Japanese one I like is it, I like a lot because it's I like the bold colors. I like it. It's just very. It looks very sort of traditional, and it, it appeals to me probably the most because it, I like modern covers that mimic traditional covers, mm -hmm. which is probably a bit of a bit of an oxymoron. But yeah, the US cover I imagine that would look quite nice if you had them all in that edition and with the set because I think that style would probably translate to all of the different stories quite easily because it doesn't 
actually say anything about the book. <laughs> but I have an ongoing theory that most books best covers are from the the author's own country i think mm-hmm. i think a lot of the time the best cover is reserved for the um, original country of publishing and then the rest of the publishers don't usually get as good a one there are exceptions of course but like i mean brendan sanderson is american for instance and we've already discussed that we prefer his british covers but i do think that is the case for a lot of a lot of authors who we may talk about later on so i'll, I'll save any comments about specific examples <laughs> um in case they come up but yes i think i think the japanese one's probably my favorite in this one but the middle one does give me a lot of nostalgia like the german one gives me a lot of nostalgia for my school days and reading poetry books with the most random pictures on the front of them. Okay, okay, so so two thoughts on that. So yes, I really like the Japanese one because in such a subtle way, because if you look at it, the elephant is leaving the blue box. So it is starting to vanish. So I really like that that it's very subtle that you have like the Japanese characters very prominent on the cover. You also have which I I found that very convenient. So thank you for everyone who had a say in designing that book cover because for me as a non-Japanese speaker it was very easy to find that this is the correct cover to the book that I was searching for because it also says the title and the author in English additionally. And then you have that very subtle illustration of the elephant which is very nice. So really really love that one. For me personally I really like the US covers because I have the whole set and I know how how well they match next to each other. I think I would prefer it. It's it's super hard, but maybe just like as a little thought. So The Elephant Vanishes is not like just one novel. It's more of a collection of stories. And one of the stories in The Elephant Vanishes was actually turned into the movie Burning, which a couple of years ago really was relatively successful also in our countries. So I, I have not seen it yet because I want to read the story first and then see it. But yeah, I really like on the cover how you have those little dots. They have like different sizes, different colors. And for me, those dots represent the different stories because on all of the other covers, they don't have dots like that. They have other forms of color blending or other forms of color illustration, but those dots are specifically reserved for this book with all of those little stories. So I really, really like that. Yet again, for the German one, I... It pains me to look at it, to be honest, because the elephant, if you look closely, the elephant, it's not like a cute illustration. It's like a real life elephant with the wrinkles and everything. And then you have those very textured wings. You know, it's not soft wings. Like you can see every feather and every groove inside of it. And yeah, I I have no idea like why. I mean, yes, the elephant probably wants to vanish because it has the wings but it probably can't because there's this very obese farmer with his pitchfork standing on his back i have no idea what is happening here i really really love your school memory that comes up when you look at that so in germany when it comes to like classics and usually the books that are read very very often in german class we have a special publishing house called reklam which make those very very inexpensive tiny (laughs) copies of those books and they are all yellow like the german ones are yellow and then there are different colors for other languages and they are very very minimal in their design but they are you know relatively cheap so 
usually that is a go-to for quite a lot of students. I don't know that cover. To be honest, if I had never read a Murakami and I would have seen that in a German bookshop, I would probably steer away from that author for the rest of my life. <laughs> no idea what's going on. It would be it would be completely understandable if that was the case. Yeah, I think I do think it's interesting. I I often I mean I know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but you said mm -hmm. at the beginning like you know sometimes the reason the only reason we pick up a book is because it's cover, and I often think that I. I can usually tell a lot about my compatibility with a book based on its covers. So I can look at a lot of books, that, not that because they're poorly designed, but I can look at a book and just from the styles and the cues that I'm getting from the choice of design, I know it's not my kind of book. Like, even though there's probably nothing wrong with it, I just know it's not maybe the kind of book I would enjoy. So like, um, can't believe I'm actually saying this on the internet, so uh, please don't hate me. But Colleen Hoover, for example, I have no interest in reading a Colleen Hoover book for many reasons, but the main one being I just know that it won't be my kind of book, mainly because of I've looked into it as well. I've not been closed-minded. I've looked into the subject matter she deals with. I just know that isn't my kind of book, but I knew everything I needed to know from looking at the covers because I saw the covers and I was like I know exactly what kind of book that is because that is the house style for that kind of book and no I know it I know I don't get on with that kind of book I know that's just not my cup of tea um so yeah it can be damaging if you see a bad cover which is why I think it's interesting when you see I suppose alternate covers that stand out a little bit more yes yeah <laughs> And on the other hand, if you are a Colleen Hoover lover, it's lovely because when you see that style of book, you know, that's my cup of tea. So Exactly. It's like hey. illustrated. <laughs> it's like, you know, like the cartoon romance cover yeah. books. I know that I like that kind of book now. So I just pick them up because I, I just know. I was like, I've, I've read books that look like that. I know exactly. That's, that is, I know I will enjoy that book. Lovely. So moving away from those sometimes maybe a little bit questionable covers let's move on to the next one which i really really love because i really first of all enjoyed that series which is one of I really your choices on my podcast I yeah yeah <laughs> so i really enjoyed the three dark crown is it called the three dark crown series the first book is definitely called three dark crowns but is the series called like that Don't know. Don't is call him it. Three, three queens. You, you've already said there is a cultural reason why yeah. you might not know the name of the series because Germany changes them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so the first book, Three Dark Crowns by Kendara Blake. Love the series. Really, really great. Love the sister dynamic, the difference of the sisters. Lovely. And I also specifically wanted to pick this because, and I, I mean, it's probably not a spoiler if I say that now, it has one of my absolute favorite covers that I have ever seen for a series and that's the Taiwanese one on the very right. So if we go from left to right, of course on the left we have like the classic US, it's black, it has incredible crowns. I love, I love the font and it has the three crowns that represent each of the queens and if you really look closely you can see how much detail went into the design of the crowns. I actually you know when I was like in my deep phase of nerding out about this series I actually read an article, an interview that they did with the illustrator where she really went into very very deep why she designed all of the crowns in that way. If I remember I will also link 
link that in the show notes because I found that very interesting. You know, the thought process that really goes into illustrating something where you probably from the publisher already know that this will really be something that a lot of people will read. Then in the middle, we have the German version. And this is a perfect example of what I meant before when I said German covers have a certain style. Because why a fantasy romance family drama books, let's call them like this, have very often a similar style to that. I don't hate it. It's probably my favorite German cover that we've seen so far. <laughs> I, I don't It looks, it reminds me of the, um, you know, the Wicked, is it the Wicked Prince series? What's it called? The Cruel Prince, the Cruel Prince yeah. series. It reminds me of the Cruel the yeah, style for the that's Cruel true. Prince. So um, I don't dislike, I definitely don't dislike it. It's, it's not too bad. I, I think I like all three of these ones. <laughs> Ah, great. And the, yeah, of course, then on the right, we have the Taiwanese one, which, yes, you do see the three queens illustrated. And usually I'm sometimes a little bit iffy when I actually see people being illustrated or even, even, God forbid, photos of people on covers if they are, you know, like not real life photos. biographies. But don't do photos of real people. Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> but, I just really, you know, looking at it, you see there's one crown because there's just one spot for a queen on that island. You have those three queens who are perfectly depicted on the one hand in like with their clothing, in their bearing, in the way how they are like from a personality point of view. And you can also very clearly see what their magic types are. So I really, really love that. And then you have got like that very dramatic, big gray storm cloud in the back. I just really love that. I mean, I learned Chinese, but unfortunately my traditional Chinese is very, very bad. The simplified Chinese characters, maybe I could read a few words in the book, but when it comes to the traditional characters, which are the main characters that I use in Taiwan, I'm completely out. But if I ever, if I ever come across that copy, I wouldn't, I don't care in what language it is. I would get it just, be, <laughs> just for the cover. I would get it. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I have seen some really gorgeous editions of Alexander Dumas in Russian and I do not even entertain a prospect of being able to speak or read Russian, but they were so nice that I would have got them had I, had I been able to. So interestingly, I think all three of these covers, I said I, I like them. I think they all do a really good job because I have not read this series, but I think they all do a really excellent job of telling me about these three queens. Because if you cross-examine them against each other, say the uh, American cover with the Taiwanese cover to start off with, I can very easily tell which of the three queens on the pit cover are supposed to have which crown because, you know, you've got the fire, she's got the fire, snakes, snakes, nature, nature, I can see that. But then also in the German one, it maybe looks like it doesn't have that separation, except if you do look quite closely, you can see the snakes are represented, mm -hmm. the bears, you've got sort of smoke and shadows mm -hmm. and that sort of thing, which, so I actually think all three of them do a really good job at selling the book that they're selling. I think the cross-publisher relations on designing front covers did a really good job for Rick and Air Blake. Well, well done. <laughs> to be honest, the crow, because I think on the German one, which is also why 
probably from all of them, it's the one that I like the least. It's definitely not dislike, but why I like it the least is probably because we have the crows very, very prominent when it comes to the crown. So you really have to look to see, okay, there's smoke, there's the bear, there's the snake, but the crows are very, very in the center. Looking back on the book, I don't get why they are so much in the center. They're, they're very but, symbolic yeah. of fantasy. They're probably, we're just trying to, I do yeah. like that. Again, you mentioned the sticker. There is obviously like the New York, <laughs> this time it's a New York Times bestseller sticker. Yeah. But I do, this, it just, it, it just plays into all of the things that I associate with German people in terms of like just being very practical. Like, why should I read your book? Ah, well, it's a bestseller. That That is a good reason to read the book. Whereas like it can't, the book can't just go on its own merit. It needs to be corroborated by another organization. It needs to say, this is a good book. We promise you. Because <laughs> otherwise, why would you buy it? I just, it all makes sense. And I can't blame them. <laughs> Lovely. So yes, we can definitely align that Kendara Blake really across the globe apparently got a very good job done for her covers. So really love that for her and also for the series because I'm a big fan. Then moving on from that more like gray, black, white color scheme to a very colorful page. <laughs> because we're going to look at covers from The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. So we have this, of course, a Spanish-speaking version. We have the US version and then we have the German version. And let's say they are all very out there in terms right. of their color scheme. <laughs> Yeah, the Spanish one actually is exactly the same as the British one that's been released fairly recently, except yeah. obviously instead of the Spanish word for The Alchemist, mm. it says the English word for the alchemist. But um, I have seen that book in person, that cover in person, and it's very sort of small, hardback, very pretty. It's got the foiling and everything on it. It's very nice. It, it, it's really nice in person. And it's um like, instead of a glossy dust jacket, it's like a textured paper one with the foiling. So I always think it's a bit nicer when you have a slightly nicer quality paper on the dust jacket. I think it adds a little bit of something. So yes, it's uh, yeah very similar to the English one, but but um, very, yeah, all very bright. I, The mm -hmm. Alchemist is one that has been on my TBR for a very long time. So another one I have not read, but do you want Neither. to read? Yeah, definitely. So maybe a fun fact about the German one. So there's another, like the older cover for The Alchemist in German. I did not put it in, but this is, the old one is very iconic because it really just shows a person, you know, like the, the slits of the eyes. And then you have like the traditional, like black, I'm calling it scarf because I don't have the actual word how it's called, but you know, like the headscarf and what you can put before your mouth so that when you're in so the like sand a, and there's a sandstorm, yeah. you don't have to like breathe in the sand and stuff. So this is a cover that is very, very prevalent for Germans because of course we seen it in bookstores for years and then they very recently changed the cover to this style which is of course very out there like I said and it's funny because I I think what they really tried is to show that this is talking about a culture that is very very different from what we have in Germany not only setting wise but also you know color scheme wise 
<laughs> because it's so very bright and I would you know like from all of them if this is this is one where I would say okay if I really had to pick which one is the German one I would probably go for the middle because I was hey maybe you know someone went really wild with the illustration <laughs> but I would, never would have guessed the right one this is really one that for me is totally falling out of the pattern that I have seen before but I still I, I still like it I still like it yeah it's a lot for my eye <laughs> it's very bright I think I don't know I think my enjoyment of that as a cover would probably lean on how it looks in person because mm -hmm. I do think some covers look better on screen than they do in person and then some look better in person than they do on screen I don't know whether it extends into the whether the design extends into the spine of the book maybe would be interesting it is very bright I mean it's got a lot of yeah a lot of color and nature which i think is interesting because the first two the spanish and the u.s versions focus very much on like a desert scape and mm -hmm. a desert color scheme although admittedly the u.s one is very more it's a lot more purple and pink mm -hmm. whereas the spanish one is sort of more oranges and reds but it's still very much the desert whereas the German one has desert as the background, but in the foreground has almost like tropical colors and plants mm -hmm. and wildlife. Not knowing anything about The Alchemist as a novel, only that it's only that it's a classic and it has been picked on my podcast as a choice before. So it's very, you know, very well loved. I'm intrigued to know what it's about because these three books, uh, book covers show very different mm -hmm. stories and vibes. Yeah, I would be interested to dig into it a little bit more. I do really like the US version, but I think because I've seen what the Spanish one would look like mm -hmm. in person, I do think that's probably my favorite. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that it has gold foil always wins me over people. I'm I'm very simple when it comes to that. So looking at the time, because we have actually recorded for quite a bit and we still have, let me check, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things to go. Maybe we can, you know, go through them, but we will probably, just for you listeners out there, we will probably not spend just as much time on them like we did for the first ones. But this is my turn to really tell you if you and I'm very sure all of your listeners have an opinion on the different covers so it would be lovely if you let me know your opinion either on Instagram where you can write under one of my posts or you can write me a direct message to at child of the library or you can also write me an email to childoflibrary at gmail.com and then we will head on to the next half of the books and we will start with The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins that I had been hinting at at the very beginning. And this is yet again one of those instances where we don't have like The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, Catching Fire in the title, but we have The Tributes of Panem as like the series name and then a subtitle, which is Deadly Games in this case, which is true. Maybe let's start from the right for one. So we have the German cover, which shows a face. People, this is from the time when we had Stephanie Meyer's like souls cover. If the you host. still remember that. The, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. The, again, German translations. <laughs> the host. Yes, yes thank you so host. much. Um, it's very much it's looks that like the time. Host. It's almost exactly yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that time. And we, of course, have the leaves because they are in the arena and you have blood on the leaves. So I actually like the subtlety that we had there. And to be honest, for all of the covers, not knowing anything about the series would have no clue. Maybe the one on the left, which is actually the Chinese 
cover would give me most, you, you know, those those vibes. Yeah, you know, something is going on. Yes. <laughs> The I think yeah the China the Chinese cover definitely I mean that's kind of a mixture between the two because I think the German mm-hmm. one probably shows you maybe a slightly more obviously what the series is about whereas obviously the US cover is more symbolism from the series which is quite it's similar to the new covers for the UK version but the original covers for the Hunger Games from the UK are mm-hmm. awful hideous don't don't look <laughs> at them they're hor- they don't make I. They, it was a bad time for dystopian trilogies in the UK during the time that the Hunger Games was released. The subsequent covers are much better. But yes, yeah. the, the Chinese cover shows you a mixture between the symbolism and what's happening. US has the Mockingjay symbol just all illustrated. And then the German one is being very on the nose about the fact that it is a deadly game with the blood added on to a children's book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, when it comes, so my version of the Hunger Games, the ones that I have now are like the 10th anniversary edition and they are not, you know, like super floppy or like hardbacks or anything, but they are those very beautiful paperbacks who have an embossing, but it, ah, how do you say it? It's not going down, but it's going up. So it feels like, like a ball. Yeah, it's like emb- embossing or um, like beveled almost. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. So so that's... Are they the white re- ones? Because I've seen the white ones and they are... No. Le- <laughs> so sorry. I will probably cut that part out while I'm hunting for the books to show them to Jordan. But maybe, I don't know, maybe I can put them on the Instagram, on my stories highlight. You can show yeah, me I think if you want. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm literally sitting two meters away from a bookshelf. So just give me a second. Because my shelf is color coordinated, it was actually very easy to get them. <laughs> so this one is the first one, which is basically a very dark teal color. And oh. it mimics wooden boards and it has the district emblem of district number 12 on it, which is very I, nice. I have not seen those ones. They, I've never seen them too, but they are so cool. Then we have Catching Fire, which is also like a very, very dark teal, but it has very pink accents. And you, you see like there are like petals and stuff on it and it's shimmering even. And then, and this is like my very favorite one. Just, just look at it. Like you have the embossing, it's white grayish. It shows the District 13, entry strictly prohibited, yeah, I like. outside. And you have the branches and everything growing over it because, you know, District 13, yeah. sorry, spoiler a lot, should be extinct, but it's not. But I really, really <laughs> yeah, love those covers. mainly. <laughs> I like how they're very focused on the location, yes. But back to the covers we're looking at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the US one is the one I associate the most with the hunger games and i think that's the very sort of classic the very the very classic cover of it although i i do find that the other two approaches interesting the hunger games is a strange one because you could go a lot of different ways for the cover but i i don't know i just really like the the mockingjay symbol as the as the go-to picture for the hunger games series that's 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 like the series that i've got which is starts with the mockingjay in the ring and then catching fire trying to leave it and then mocking jay escaping sort of imagery I, I liked that sort of transformation for the bird um across the series but so yes i'm kind of biased towards the us one i think ah yeah but i i think to be honest yeah the the chinese one if i'm not to choose 
the versions that I have, which I specifically did not put them in here <laughs> because I wanted to have like the original US cover on there in the, not contest, but like in the comparison. If I'm not allowed to choose the 10 year anniversary editions, then I would definitely go with the Chinese one because I think it really shows the feeling of escaping through the woods, either, you know, if you think about the story, escaping before the game start or either in the actual games where Katniss needs to escape from like other tributes and stuff. So I really, really like that. And I was very surprised when I realized that the Chinese one is my favorite. I think it'd be worth looking at the white ones. They do, there's the set that they did the trilogy with just white covers, images on the front and then foiled. Ah, the edges. Pages, yeah, the foiled ah. edges. They're very pretty, but they're incredibly rare. So I don't think I'm ever going to own a set, but it would be nice if I did. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can have dreams. I mean, I, I think I think I saw them. Yeah, I think I saw them at some point. They had a ridiculous price tag on them, and they would have yeah. like shipped from New Zealand. And it was okay. Maybe, maybe you know, tone it down a bit. <laughs> a bit. I'm sure there'll be a 30 year anniversary set for this series because yeah. it's iconic. So definitely. So I think because I really really like talking with people about these covers so maybe i will take some of the ones that i have prepared put them in another next episode somewhere in the future and we can still do and you know talk more deeply about two ones which i know we will probably have quite a bit to say on because i think that's definitely better than us you know rushing through all of them because we could do this all day but we want Easily. to keep the episode <laughs> at a reasonable time frame so let's probably jump to the Harry Potter 20th anniversary editions from different countries. Not the original covers, but very, no. very different ones. So we have the one from Thailand. We have the one from the UK, which in that case is the Gryffindor House Edition. To be yeah. honest, I'm a Ravenclaw. I'm, I'm I, li I like Ravenclaw. the red. Okay, so we are not both vibing with this, but I wanted <laughs> to keep in the red color scheme for them. And then on the right, we have the German one. First thoughts... Jordan? <laughs> um, I really like the Thailand one. Harry looks adorable in it. Yeah, I mean, he does. It's just, I and I love that illustration style because it's so sort of, I, I really, really like it. I almost want the Thai, I think I want the Thai. I think I want the Thai version of Harry Potter now, and I, I definitely would not be able to read it. I did own the Ravenclaw versions of the UK 20th anniversary. I'm going to be honest. Harry Potter, obviously was a worldwide phenomenon i just feel like they could have done better for the 20 year anniversary i just no shade to whoever got okay not no disrespect to whoever designed the 20th anniversary house ones i understood what they were going for mm -hmm. but they're just not even the ravenclaw ones they're just not for me i mean these sprayed edges are quite cool but if you bought all of the hardcover versions mm -hmm. of them or all of the paperback i don't know if you know this but they don't stay the same color Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in the hardback is black with, say, you've got Gryffindor with the house colour yeah. detailing. And then when you bought the next one, it would have the fully house colour background with the black detailing. Oh, oh yeah, that, that I know. So if you had all seven of them, they would alternate. So it would be black, red, black, red, black, red. Mm -hmm. So it would look like the stripes of the tie, which I think is sort of what they... I don't quite understand why they did that because I like all of them to be the same colour. So I don't know why. And the German one actually is very similar to... Have you seen the Mina Lima illustration? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of very similar to mm -hmm. 
what yeah. their design is. And also I like that a lot as well. Harry Potter is one that I actually really like the different illustrations that they've done, even the new versions of the covers, because I, when I read them, I had the original English traditional the first covers that came out i had those ones Mm. they have a soft spot for me because that's just what i picture when i picture harry potter but i do really enjoy the new illustrations that have been done by different artists who are different so not the original artists for the books especially the american artist whose name escapes me but i used as my case study for my art coursework but definitely i think the thailand one is my favorite one of these even though the german one is a close second uk i'm sorry you just just could have done better (laughs) just could they didn't even keep proper harry Harry Potter font. It's just it's disappointing all the way around. <laughs> oh dear. And to be honest, in Germany, I did not put in the original cover, mm. but the German original cover, of course, it will always hold a certain degree of nostalgia for me because obviously, but they were I'm shying away from the word hideous, but <laughs> You've used it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very deep in my heart. That's probably the, the word that I would use. They are not super bad, but Harry literally looks like he's 40. In, in, because the <laughs> illustration style is so minimal and his hair looks like... I'm gonna have to Google. Black, grayish, green chips. French fries for my American listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you can use the word hideous. They are hideous. (laughs) Okay, thank you. I will. I I mean, I I I will maybe amend this this slide and we'll put like you know one that is hidden behind it that shows like the original German cover so that everyone can you know get a feeling of what I'm talking about. Everything, literally everything that they did design wise was an improvement from where we started. Not to cast aspersions, but I feel like. The German illustrator that felt that, that it was like, okay, I need to draw an English schoolboy. How can I insult English people in every way I know how with the way I illustrate this child? <laughs> uh-huh. um, it feels, in- I don't know, it, I feel like it's so bad it feels intentional. Like it, <laughs> it feels like it's a commentary. <laughs> Um, they've made up for it with the 10 year the 20 anniversary yeah. ones though because the spines on though I've just seen an image are beautiful they are very yeah. very nice so yeah you redeemed but I I don't know I I feel like that that, that that's got to be intentional there's no way <laughs> I mean we lived 20 years with the old covers like it's got an it's very yeah. 90s it's very because obviously the the books originally started coming yeah. out in the 90s didn't they I think it kind of plays into that ooh 90s cool maybe boys will want to read this because it's kind of an edgy skatery kind of cover you know one thing that i realized about germany is actually that we don't change covers midway in series quite often this is a phenomenon that you see very often mm. with english speaking or any sarah j mass series covers. yeah yeah sarah j mass <laughs> the diviners all of those wonderful examples of switching sizes, switching fonts, switching styles of covers, whatever. Yeah. But in Germany, we usually, you know, once we started something, we see it through till the end. Because so they don't want people to have mismatched sets. You know, like... Considerate. Deep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the one hand, it's very considerate. On the other hand, when you have a cover like the 90s Harry Potter one, you're not making it better. No. <laughs> when, you, when you progress for seven books. 
Maybe they didn't expect seven seven books. Maybe they just didn't really appreciate that. But I I genuinely can't get over how gorgeous the Thailand one is. I actually kind of want the cover, like the artwork as a print. Like Like if you take the text off, just have the entire thing as a print because it's so pretty. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So this was actually, I knew I wanted, you know, I wanted to do Harry Potter. I also wanted to do Percy Jackson, which will be the next one and the last one that we're going to do. Because, you know, obviously, yeah. Jordan. Yes. Yeah. Because you know your audience. <laughs> yeah. But with Harry Potter, I knew, okay, I want to do the UK one, I want to do the German one, but what other one could I do? So I literally put in Harry Potter 20th Anniversary Edition and just scrolled down to one of those pictures. And I saw that and I was like, Thailand, you outdid yourself. Seriously, this illustration, it's so beautiful. I want to see all of them now because I want to see what they did with the next ones. Because they've got everything, all the big parts of the first book. They've got represented in that cover so i i feel like i want to see what they did for the rest of them. i want to see the prisoner of azkaban one now because that's my I, favorite so <laughs> i mean even of course they have a very very cute style of illustrating like harry and even hagrid and dumbledore look amazing but when you look at the animals where you see hedwig where you see the cat and even if in the very background you see Norbert, the, Norbert yeah, um, and the, the little dragon, and the unicorn. I think the and cat then, is probably McGonagall. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. that's that's probably her. And then on the like left bottom, you have the little chocolate <laughs> frog and stuff. Oh. <laughs> or Trevor, it could be a chocolate oh, frog. Oh, or Trevor. Ah, yeah, I, I can't tell. Yeah, it's, it's, it does look like a chocolate frog, actually. It's probably a chocolate frog. You're right. But it's so oh, it's, it's gorgeous. We need to move yeah. on because otherwise yes, we will sorry. go to Amazon Thailand. <laughs> Thailand is just it's just such a nice cover people need to so if they're not following along they should follow along purely for that yeah <laughs> definitely so the last one the lightning thief by Rick Riordan because I know that Jordan is a massive 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 Percy Jackson fan and generally Rick Riordan fan so we have on the left the Japanese version which is very dark very very funky though i like it yeah interesting very interesting then we have the us one because i remember in a previous i don't know whether it actually was a recorded episode or whether it was just us talking you mentioned that the us covers were so much nicer than the uk ones because the uk ones have that very weird dark illustration style Sort of, yeah. If I remember um, correctly. So the I don't understand the UK illustration style for any of Rick Riordan's books. It's not just Percy Jackson. It has followed it right through to Heroes of Olympus. Just all of them, even Magnus Chase, the new ones. They're all hideous, like holographic monstrosities. And he did, and it's not even just his mythology ones. Even Daughter of the Deep. They've done the same thing. They make all of his books Ooh. look like Pokemon cards, which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> But they just don't look as good as the American covers, which are gorgeous. Not only are they illustrated, because they're Disney Hyperion over in America. That's who publishes Percy Jackson in America. They're really soft, really gorgeous illustrations that really encapsulate like the plot of the book in a way that British ones just don't. But they're also, they've got like a textured, matte cover. So like the dust jackets are like a matte textured 
cover so that they just feel like better quality books just in general which is why all of my Percy all of my preferred Percy Jacksons are that however I still have my hideous holographic Heroes of Olympus and my hideous holographic Percy Jacksons because they are the first ones that I've read I've owned them since I was like 11 years old or at least when they came out so even though they are awful <laughs> even though they my are, eyes yes even <laughs> though they are awful I have to keep them because they still have my in my kind of childish writing in the front they hmm. say property of Jordan Wilson which is my maiden name and it's yeah they're just their memories but I don't that's the only reason they have kept their place on my bookshelf because when eventually I make my son read them those are probably the copies that I'm going to give him to read because they are very battered but this is one of the original US Lightning Thief ones I believe because it's yeah. got the blocked out spine which I do really like I recently just bought a set of the Percy Jackson the Olympians in the American cover mm. that has the that shows Olympus uh, in the yeah. spines yeah that's beautiful yeah so I bought that paperback set while I was over in America recently. The German cover is interesting. It's definitely not as ugly as the UK one. So, you know, the UK, the UK is the winner in that in, in ugliest Percy Jackson cover. But yeah. it is different. It's different to the others. Yeah. Like one tiny thing about the German one. So, I mean, you know, I think it very well illustrates the power dynamic between the gods and the demigods and how Percy Jackson probably felt in some regard. But if you actually read the book then, because Percy is so sassy and he does not, you know, the respect for the gods does not overwhelm him as this cover would probably suggest, which of yeah. course you only reflect maybe on if you have already read the book. What I really like though, is that for Percy, they made like the trident as part of the font. I don't know, I just found that very quirky and very middle grade, which is of course the audience that this book is originally written yes. for. And <laughs> I mean, okay, this is getting ridiculous at some point. I did not realize this at first, but yet again, it has the best sellers <laughs> And I have a very fond memory of actually this cover. I did not read Percy Jackson when I was in, in middle grade. I read Percy Jackson in English when I was an adult. So I did not grow up with it. But I think it was three years ago. I was sitting on a train and there were a lot of middle grade students in that train going from one city to the next to go to their school. And, you know, a lot of them had their phones with them. They were sometimes playing with their friends next to each other. Sometimes they were just looking at their phones. And then there was this one boy of, I don't know, 11, maybe 12, who was sitting on that train and he was reading that exact cover, that exact book. And that was right around the time when I read them. And it was like... Yeah. <laughs> great pick you do you you know you don't look at your screen you are reading applause applause yeah. applause applause to you and to the parents who raised you in case they had anything to do with you actually <laughs> reading the book so yeah i have a very fond memory for that because i was like okay i still have hope yeah <laughs> for the next generation I do think that the German and Japanese covers on this, as much as I do love the US illustrations for all of the Percy Jacksons, I do think that from a young male,
male readers point of view mm-hmm. because there's like there is a, a widespread issue with boys continuing to read past being forced to in school mm-hmm. i do think from a sort of middle grade young boy point of view those two are probably the most appealing covers and that's not to sort of be like in different ways because i'm looking at the japanese one and i think you can tell it is it is probably like foiled and shiny yeah. where yeah. the wherever the writing and the framing is which means i actually think the sort of action comic book style of illustration is very cool and i actually think it's not totally out of place with the percy jackson series i think it really suits the percy jackson series itself and then also the german cover i think the more i look at it is it still summarizes a lot of what the book's about i like that they've changed i also kind of like that they've changed the font as well and i do think that you know of the three of them those two would probably be more appealing to the audience that it's actually aimed at whereas i am an adult who read them as a child <laughs> but still loves them now dearly and rereads them and of, of course like you, your tastes change the books that appeal to you change and yeah so obviously the one that looks slightly more i suppose classic is is going to be my favorite but then i'm not the intended audience for this book so <laughs> maybe my opinion doesn't count quite so much so yes the us one's probably my favorite but i do actually think that there's a solid job done by all three except for the british cover which obviously <laughs> we haven't got on this one because it's awful it just looking at the british cover in a picture does not do justice for how awful it is unless you can see how holographic everything on the front cover is you you can't you can't understand i I will do another (laughs) hidden slide and input those pictures but please keep in mind they are probably not as hideous as they are in real life well even the u.s the uk did a movie cover when the movies came out they did the cover that had logan lerman on the front of it which was also holographic i don't understand this obsession that who publishes percy jackson in the U puffin um or is it penguin which one is it pet puffin yeah puffin books loves making covers holographic for middle grade boys mm-hmm. maybe it's just me i should ask i've got nephews i'll ask them um i'll <laughs> ask my younger brother who's seven i'll say i'll show him the us one that i prefer and the uk one and i'll say which one do you think looks cooler and if he likes the holographic one then obviously that's my answer isn't it to be honest the japanese one maybe as a last thought it really reminds me of those cartoons that i used to watch when i was in middle grade maybe give it a little bit more color and it would look like exactly like one of those ones so of course you know like i was a girl i'm i'm still a woman and my taste has not drastically changed but i think back especially in middle grade i used to watch a lot of stuff that also boys watch so i can definitely see where the vibe is coming from one thing i also need to shout out on the uk version for people who may not know and it's a thing that mike schubert from the newest olympian mm-hmm. um finds hilarious and i didn't appreciate how hilarious it was until it was pointed out to me by a bunch of americans but the front but all of the percy jackson books in the uk versions have half boy half god all hero on it in like oh god oh that's so cringe <laughs> i'm sorry so cringy um i'd always thought it was cringy but until you hear an american accent say it in like an action voice you don't appreciate just how cringy it is but yeah all of them say that on the front or the back (laughs) yeah half boy half god all hero (laughs) Uh, but yeah so that's a bit of a genius uk marketing for you but yeah that's another yeah so (laughs) 
you know, I don't think any country's got all the right answers when yeah. it comes to publishing. Yeah. Maybe they just do better in different genres. Oh, dear. Ah, that was so much fun. Ah, thank you so much. I knew you were the perfect person to do that episode with. I really loved all of the takes that you had on the different covers. I really loved how we really also experienced the like culturing differences of us living in different countries, growing up in different countries, having had experiences, you know, for example, in school or generally growing up that are different, but sometimes also very similar. <laughs> So I really, really love that. So maybe to finish off the episode, where can people find you? What do you have planned next? Anything you want to shout out? So you can find me talking about books on my podcast, Books to Last, which is available where all podcasts are found. And we have guests, wonderful guests like Mariah Karan, to talk about the five books they would take with them if they were cast away to a mystery remote location. I am also on, the podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at Books to Last Pod. I am on Instagram also sometimes talking about books at Jordan Dunn, which is J-O-R-D-A-N-N-E. D-U-N-N. I'm going to rely on Marika to share that possibly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mainly talk about books on the podcast and on the podcast social media. So come and check me out there or on Goodreads. And yeah, I just talk about a lot of Percy Jackson, but other stuff as well. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Thank you so much. Yet again, an invitation for you. If you want to let us know your thoughts, please do so in the comments on Instagram or as direct message or also as an email i will link all of that in the show notes i will also while i'm editing the podcast will take notes of things that i want to adapt in the presentation put in as hidden slides and also put things in the show notes so that i don't forget anything and until next time i hope that we discover the words on our shelves and in our hearts bye bye